Well, over the last few weeks, if I didn't, I haven't had a series title, but uh, and it wouldn't really make sense if I did, because basically I've been preaching to myself the last few weeks. I've been trying to to take uh, the situation I find myself in and and uh, apply some scripture to myself. And if it happens to help you, then so be it. So, uh, and it's not going to change this week. And I and I'll apologize in advance. I, I, the the early service I was a mess. I've been trying to avoid the emotion thing, and because uh, I know once it comes, it doesn't stop. So if I get choked up this morning. Uh, live with it. I'm only here for three more weeks. So, <laughs> all right. But what we're going to talk about this morning is, is how we underestimate God and, and how, how little we think that he's able to, to help us. And it's not that we, we don't believe. In fact, we do. Again, I'm going to use my own example. I I believe very strongly there is a God, that he loves me, that he cares about me, that he died for me, that I I have salvation through him. But if I'm honest, there are times when I question if he he knows what's going on in my life, right? There's times when I question if... If I don't just need to like send up a flare or something to get his attention, that maybe he's overlooked what's going on with me. You know, I don't know. Maybe there was a there was a problem up in the Milky Way or something that he got called out on when my when my plea came in. So he's not quite uh, aware of it. And I don't. Maybe you guys don't feel like this, but sometimes do you ever do you ever wonder is God aware of what's going on with me? Do you, okay. Are you with me? I'll just go home otherwise because you don't need what I'm telling you to preach Okay? And, and, and not only that, but what I find myself doing is when I pray to God, I do a lot of consulting for him. I, 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 have, I have an agenda. I have a plan. I've researched the options. I can even back it up with Bible verses and holy talk and, and sanctified ways of thinking. And, and, and so I have this way of consulting him. That God, because of you will do this and this and this. And I need you to, to do this and this. And it would be nice if you could do this and this and this. I know you do that. I've heard you. Right? I know you do that. We, we get cra- trapped in this thing where we, we start thinking we need to advise God because we have that fear that he's not really aware of what's going on with us. He's not really aware of, of the intricacies of our situation. And so we need to make sure we fill in him pr- properly. Right? Even if we have faith, it, this is the time when it gets tested. And I know all this stuff. Nothing I'm talking about is anything that I don't believe in. It's just when you find yourself in the situation, when your faith comes to down on, to being laid out, yet that's when you can really measure how much faith do I have. And I have to tell you, I've been disappointed in myself. That sometimes when it comes down to it, I question more than I, than I trust, even though I have the experience, even though I know, even though it's here, sometimes it, it doesn't come out the way I live. And I, 
and as you hear other people and other people try to talk to you and stuff, for one, we're trying to sell our house, right? And so that's one of the things. And I've been advising God how that needs to take place and the timetable and everything. And so far, he hasn't listened to me. But I've been advising. And then people will say things to you. Oh, well, your house should sell. Houses are moving well in Austin. Well, you know, when it comes down to it, the only house I care about is mine. <laughs> right? I don't care if there are 4,000 houses that sell next week. If mine doesn't sell, to me, there's a slump in the market. (laughs) Right? And that's the way so many of us feel. You know, people will, we're going through difficult times and people are well-meaning and stuff and they'll come in and say, it's going to be okay. Your family's going to be okay. And, And we know they mean well, but when it comes down to it, the only situation I care about is mine. Until that one gets taken care of, I'm going to keep questioning. Until my husband's cancer is, is, is cleared up, I'm going to keep wondering what's going on. Until my, my kids get themselves out of the hole they dug themselves into, I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to have questions. When it comes down to it, until our situation is handled, we, we question as God around you know what? That's not a new question. It's been going on for a long time. You, you start at the beginning of the book of Exodus. God's people, his chosen people who were living under captivity, they began to think that God had tuned them out. They were throwing up prayers to him. Hey, what is going on? We are your chosen people and yet we're living under captivity. Why are you not paying attention to us? As you move through the history of the Old Testament, over and over again, as, as outsiders are coming in and taking over the kingdom, as they're losing their land, the promised land that they were supposed to have, they would raise prayers to God saying, why are you not hearing us? It hasn't changed. We're still doing the same thing. If, we, if you love us so much, if you're so powerful, if you are willing to die for us, then why can you not help us when we most need you? You been there? Okay. Are you? No, you don't have to do that. I know it, that's so uncomfortable for you all. So <laughs> do it. If you're going to do it, though, it's got to, it, the timing is all about it, all right? <laughs> it's, as it comes out, amen. There you go. I'll start doing this as my signal, all right? <laughs> there you go. No, if, that is not a new question. Does God care? Now, in the answer to that, part of our problem is we, we really don't understand who God is. In our, in our ego thinking, in our self-importance, we have tried to shrink God, and, and throughout, the, throughout the ages we have done this. This is what religion and just mankind has done. We have tried to take this God, this unimaginable, great, awesome, powerful God. We have tried to take him and shrink him into something that we control. We have tried to get him down to where we can hold him in our hands so that we control God. He doesn't control us. That's why we can advise him. That's why, that's why it's hard for us to have faith when it comes down to it because our, our faith, our understanding of God comes from our selfish way of looking at him or we boil him down to this weak thing that we actually control. No wonder we don't want to put our life in his hands because we, we've completely distorted who he is in our way of thinking. But what I want to do this morning is just remind you 
of the glory and the magnitude and the power of God. We're going to read a, a, a passage from Isaiah. I'm not going to have the whole thing on the, on the screen. Uh, I'm going to read a big section of it. I'm going to read through the whole chapter. And, and I'm going to read a big section of it. And I just want you to listen and visualize, okay? And as I'm reading this, keep in mind, this is Isaiah. He was one of God's prophets. That he was somebody who was called to tell the people, to remind them who they were supposed to be, to remind them what God wanted them to do. And so he's, he's talking to the nation of Israel. And so as I'm reading, whenever you hear words like, O Jerusalem, or O Jacob, or O Israel, or O Zion, put yourself in there. He's reminding his people who he is, okay? And just like us, they found themselves questioning God. They found themselves, why are people coming in and taking over our world? You gave us this land, and now these foreigners are taking it away from us. So they had problems just as we do. So let's listen. It's starting in, uh, if you got your Bible, you want to join me. I'm in chapter 40, beginning in verse 1. This is God speaking to, to Isaiah. Comfort my people, says God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. A voice said, shout. And I asked, what should I shout about? Shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flower fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Okay, I'm going to break here just for a minute. This is the promise, the same promise we count on that God is going to be there for us, that he has a plan beyond our circumstances, that there's hope for a future. You've heard that before, right? That there, that, okay, but what's your reaction to that? But what about right now? Right? What about right now? But sure, in the future, someday I'll fly away, but right now life sucks. You've been there, right? Okay, keep listening. Why should we trust God? Why should you go, go by his word? Verse 12, who else has hold the ocean in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth? Or has weighed the mountains on an, and hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? 
Does he need instruction about what is good? Does someone teach him about what is right or show him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than the dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand and all the wood in Lebanon's forests and all Lebanon's animal, animals would, be, would not be enough to make a burnt offering worthy of our God. The nations of the world are worth nothing to him. In his eyes, they count for less than nothing, mere emptiness and froth. So to whom can you compare God? What image can you find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol or brought down to our size? Can he be overlaid with gold and decorated with silver change? Or if people are too poor for that, could they at least make a wooden idol that won't decay and have a skilled craftsman carve an image that won't fall down? Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God? The words he gave us before the world began, are you that ignorant? God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below him are like grasshoppers. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain. He makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started barreling, taking root when he blows on them and they wither. Their wind carries them off like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, says the Holy One? Look up into the heavens who created all the stars. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by name because of his great power and incomparable strength. Not a single One is missing. Okay, I'm going to wait a minute for the conclusion. But what I want you to get out of this, what I want, what Isaiah was trying to remind the people, this isn't God. The God that you're advising, the God that you carry around in your pocket, the God that we like to confine to church walls, the God we like to say, oh, I couldn't believe a God that would, and we, we, we try to shape him instead of him shaping us. That God cannot be contained. That God is bigger than you can even imagine. There's no excuse for you not to know about it, though, because he's given you clue after clue. As you walk out there, the, the earth screams, there's a God. As you go out there and you look at the beauty, as, how many of you watched the thunderstorms the other night? How can you watch a, a thunderstorm in the hill country? Nobody watched the thunderstorm? <laughs> See, that's one of those. I guess I didn't give you the signal. If you want to do that, that's all right. When you see the power of a thunderstorm, when you, when you, when you see the beauty of a flower, when you hold your newborn child, God has given us many ways to think of how awesome he is. And that's just what we see. We, we, we are so, we're so wrapped up in ourselves. We have no concept of how big the universe is. Science is just opening the door for us. And the more they study, the more they're, they're finding just how, how immense everything is. And do you remember the story of how it all began? Genesis, Genesis 1. In the beginning, he created. Right? He created. He spoke. And it was. Well, if there was a big bang, he was the banger. <laughs> That's right. He he spoke, and it was. Spoke. He didn't lift a finger, and everything we have is here. That's how immense and powerful he is. As we look into the sky, the the Milky Way and the and the planets that are huge, and and we can't even we 
they're millions and millions of light years away and we're just scratching the surface. In comparison to those, even ones that we can, we can now identify, the earth is just a little speck. And we're a littler speck on that little speck in all of the creation. And what did Isaiah say? He calls out the stars by name. They parade in front of him. He, he opens the heavens like a curtain. He holds our oceans in his hands. He measures, he measures mountains with his... The power and the breath of God is beyond anything you can imagine. I am sorry for the church teaching. I'm sorry for the corny things we do in church. I'm sorry for the ways that we have shrunk God down for you. But it's time that you blow it back up. God cannot be contained. He will not be contained. That's, that's the universe. Let's talk about what goes on in your body. The amazing things that God has done in your body, the, the DNA that, that is so complex that we'll never design computers that will be able to understand that. The millions and millions of nerve endings and, and, and veins and stuff that have to come together exactly right in order to work. Jesse and some other, we got a bunch of pregnant ladies in here. The things going on in their belly right now is amazing. From a single cell, we end up with us. That's not biology. It's not genetics. It is a God who spoke. And it was. Okay, you might be saying, well, so what does this have to do with you? Well, over the last few weeks, ever since March, ever since I had this, this thing and I knew what was lying ahead and I knew I was going to have to move forward, I got stuck because I, I, I saw what was, where I was going, what needed to happen, and because it didn't happen in an impossible week for me, exactly the way I wanted to, I started dreading it. And I started getting stuck in a position where I couldn't look forward with joy and I couldn't look backward with gratefulness. I was just stuck in a bitter place. And, and I needed to be, and I was doing that thing where, where I was trying to tell God what he needed to do. And I've been getting upset with him that he wasn't following my directions. Right? I know some of you do that. That's why you're laughing because you finally heard somebody else say it out loud. And I was getting upset with him because he, weren't, he wasn't responding the way I wanted. And in the midst of that, my relationship to him was getting more and more distant. And I was getting more and more bitter. And I was feeling less and less like, like his child. And more and more like somebody that just wanted to walk away. And so this last week, I... We went down, I went down to Harlingen. We needed to, I needed to meet with the staff. I needed to find a place to, for us to live and stuff. And I stayed with a couple there and they have a, they have a little uh, guest house that I was staying in. And um, I spent the evening with them. But when it came time to go to bed, it was like nine o'clock. I went in there and they had a TV in there, but it only got Spanish stations. And I know at some point I need to work on learning Spanish, but I wasn't going to do it at Monday night. So I just turned the TV off and and uh, I, I'm lying in bed, and I was looking through my backpack. I had my computer, and 
at Christmas, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, for Christmas had gotten me this DVD uh, called How Great Thou, uh, How How Great Is Our God, and it was by a talk by Louis Giglio, who who talked about the cosmos and everything. And really, what he talked about wasn't important, but he he got me thinking in that that way. And you know, we talk a lot about how God speaks to us, and and I've I've shared that sometimes I've gotten the impression that God has been leading me and stuff. I'll tell you. I had my burning bur- I had one of those burning bush experiences in Harlingen. Believe it or not, God's in Harlingen too. <laughs> in Harlingen, in a little little house in a bed at 10 o'clock at night with me by myself, as he talked about the immenseness of God. I'm sorry, but all of a sudden it blew up for me. Why am I doubting this guy? after all the ways he's shown himself to me through the world, after all the ways he's taken care of me, after all the things he's done for me and his family, after all the promises, and not just me, but everyone, after all the ways I've experienced him, why in the world are you trying to make him powerless? And right there, I decided, you know what? I'm leaving it with you. And I, that's a good timing, good. <laughs> and I share that with, I, and I feel selfish there in that because my problem is nothing compared to what some of you are going through. I know some of you are going through the loss of a loved one. I know that your lives hang in the balance. I know that your friends and your family are going through difficult times. So I feel selfish even putting that in that same category, but... The reason I want to do it is just to give you hope that this God is bigger than your problem, that he knows exactly what you need, that he can, he's bigger than it. He is not overwhelmed by it. Did you catch that in, in what we read with Isaiah? He says, when has God ever needed your advice? Even the world's smartest people every once in a while are, are smart enough to figure out they don't know everything. I saw on the news this morning, even BP Oil, after all the, all the problems, they've now put up a website. If you've got an idea to fix it, they want to know about it. <laughs> right? But that never happens to God. You will never find yourself in a position where God's up there going, oh my, oh myself, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I've never been confronted with this before. That is never going to happen. But what can happen when you understand the immenseness of who he is, this, this is what, this is what, this is the kicker. Okay. Soon as you understand how small you are in comparison to him. Now, hang on out of all of that. He said, you're the most important. Even though you're a tiny speck on a tiny planet in the immenseness of the universe, he came, sent his son, who suffered and died for you. He's the God who says, give me your problems. He's the God that says, leave your cares and worries at my cross. 
He's the God that says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's the God who knows every hair on your head. He is in the midst of all of that immenseness. He cares about you. Now, where else are you going to go? Where are you going to find that? Now, let's get to the punchline. Verse 20, 28. 27. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard... Have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not What he says is this God, this God that opens the heavens like a curtain, this God who holds all of it in his hands, who could who could squash us like a bug if he wanted to. That God who said out of everything, you're the most important. He says he can give you hope. He can give you strength when you are weak, when you feel the most vulnerable. He says he can give you strength. Those who wait on the Lord, those who have faith in the Lord. you, You know what that means? It means that it doesn't mean he's going to come in and wipe away your circumstances. I wish he did that all the time and occasionally he does. But most of the time it means in the midst of my circumstances, I'm willing to stand in the middle of them and say, no matter what life throws at me, I know God is bigger than it and I'm going to wait on it. And when I get to that point where I'm weak and I'm counting on him, what does he give me? He says he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. That That's what he gives you. That when you don't know how you're going to go another day, when you don't know how you're going to get the strength to to face one more problem, he gives you that strength. And when you wait on him a little longer, you get through the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And it says eventually you're going to get to the point where you are no longer mired in your circumstances, but you will be soaring like an eagle. That's a good place for an amen right there. Have you not heard? Have you never understood? I don't think we have. Because if we really got it, we would not worry about all the stupid things we worry about. This almighty, all-powerful, amazing God has made us the priority of what he does. There is nothing that is bigger than him. And he has promised you that he will walk with you in the midst of whatever life throws at you and you're going to get tired and you're going to get worn down, but he will get you through it. Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray. God, we, we just have to repent for our, our lack of faith. We're, we're sorry that we've limited you. And we thank you for your, your faithfulness to us. you for your amazing love. How ridiculous to think that you need our advice. How ridiculous to think that you don't that you don't know how to take care of problems. But thank you for having that patience and putting up with our attitudes. 
God, in this, in this moment, might you blow up our understanding of who you are. And at the same time, God, would you shrink our self-image? Would you help us to be mindful of just how small we are? And God, we need, we need you. And until we're willing to admit that, we can't get that strength. We have to be weak before you can, you can fill us. Give us humility. Give us faith. And then God, give us words and, and lips and actions to praise your name, to glorify your name. And we pray that in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.